0: there's just so much more to hear
1: download our podcasts at dubai i 1038.com your weekend home for all things sports
2: this is the grill on Dubai i 103.8
1: live from Burresti
2: here's Tom Urquhart
3: second halves in the Premier League just getting underway. Uh, we'll keep an eye on those for you.
1: Uh, looks like another change for yeah. Leicester. He's not happy is Brendan, clearly with the shape. I think that's Harvey Barnes who's getting ready to come on. It was a 4-3-1-2. He's playing James Madison in behind the front two of J- Jamie Vardy and Kelechi Ianacho. Iheanacho's gone. He was hauled ho- yeah. off after 38 minutes. We haven't really got to the bottom as to what that was. Was it to uh, keep Iheanacho from being sent off or was it tactical? Mara, I grey came on but yeah Harvey Barnes is lining up to come on and I wonder if that will be for Dennis Preya and then they'll go back to what we usually see from them in DD Tielemans in Madison and then it'll be Barnes Gray flanking either side of Jamie Vardy. That would be my guess we're waiting to see if that is indeed the change but uh well Brendan Rodgers clearly not happy with what he's seen from the side thus far. It is one apiece at the King Power Stadium Leicester one. Norwich one. Uh, We're going to keep an eye on the scores as they uh, develop for you and of course the stories
3: coming from those uh, from those games Um, we're just going to turn our attention closer to home if we can for a few moments time uh, because uh, we've had the Dodgers in town, is that right? Yeah the LA Dodgers
1: have been here, it's part of their kind of yearly commitment, Emirates Airline are proud sponsors of one of and and we said this in midweek, one of the most famous US sports franchises let's be frank about it, not just in Major League Baseball when you think baseball you think Yankees, you think Red Sox, you undoubtedly think Dodgers, six time World Series winners, you've got to go all the way back to 1988 for the last time that they tasted success, we've been fortunate enough over the last couple of years to catch up with a number of individuals from the organisation, Dave Roberts being one of them and this year uh, Austin Barnes and uh, Max Muncie were over, fielder uh, and catcher for the LA Dodgers, they've been here, our very own Ross Christ, of course he is our all American hero, he was giddy with excitement when he found out that those two were coming down. Great to see them. I caught up with Austin and Max. Lovely fellas. Real good insight because the crazy thing, if you don't follow baseball, and I know out in this part of the world, not many people will, but 162, 162 regular games, and they do that in about 180 days. And just this past week, we've seen one pitcher being given the biggest contract in history from a pitcher standpoint. $324 US dollars a nine year contract it pays to play
4: baseball it really does well I mean they certainly put them through the ring I know we've touched on this before but it does seem like a bafflingly busy schedule oh, for the mental. guys especially when there's not a great deal of change going on in the the form of those respective teams cuz they play each other back to back to back of course i think it's a five game mini series where they bounce around between home and away have maybe half a day off and then they're at it again i remember when i was with you chris at fenway and we looked at the fixture calendar behind one <laughs> yes. of the uh, one of the areas just a red mark on pretty much every day and i don't, i just think that makes it incredibly difficult it's to follow thought, yeah. unless you're in the middle of the town as we were fortunate enough to be in boston where everybody around fenway park is absolutely in thrall of the game but to watch it as a casual observer you'd have no time for your kids for your work for your wife because you're checking on how your team's getting on (laughs) it it's crazy
1: it's insane i said that i was like boys you do so much traveling you must have consumed netflix and they were both like yeah there is there there isn't much left on netflix that we've not seen we'll break away though because we've got a goal we've got a goal at Bramall lane and is that John Fleck? I think it is, you know, it's John it Fleck. Was John Fleck, yeah. The Scot that has given Sheffield United the lead at home to Aston Villa. So that is your opening goal of this second half. A wonderful finish as well from the former Rangers man. He was booked in the first half. He's got a goal to his name now. It's Sheffield United 1, Aston Villa nil. You mentioned there about the development of the
3: game here and that partnership, obviously, something that is playing and has paid dividends in recent years. Um uh, you mentioned there that the Dodgers boys have been back in town. Uh, uh, Roger Duffy, uh, who is uh, obviously very much involved with the Little League here, has done a huge amount of work, hasn't he, to help promote
1: 100% Little League uh, uh, softball and baseball. To, to give them a, an opportunity to give youngsters a chance uh, we have a lot of people over from the US and I'm not saying for one second it's just the US and yep. Central America that play baseball but it's given it a platform the Little League stadium yep. down there just it's off great, oh, no, oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing it, you, you'll know where it is it's down towards uh, if you're heading out to, to kind of Maidan that. yeah, that's yeah. exactly it's just on the corner there it's a great little facility and a lot of great work being done behind the scenes to promote Little League and to ensure that baseball is getting a bit of kind of column inches in, in airtime in this part of the world
3: Let's hear from Rog now, who, as I mentioned, has worked tirelessly uh, to help develop that relationship with the Dodgers in the past uh, to maintain uh, Emirates' relationship uh, with uh, baseball over in the United States, but also uh, here from grassroots level all the way. He caught up with Ross Christ earlier
5: this week. I'm joined now by the president of the Dubai Little League, Roger Duthie. Roger, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for coming out. We we, uh, really appreciate it. Well, we got baseball in the desert. I'm surprised by it. How do we get to this point?
2: Well, really, uh, where we are today is thanks to Emirates Airline. I have to be perfectly honest about that. Maybe four years ago, Emirates signed a deal with the L.A. Dodgers. Um, Part of the deal, of course, Emirates have have their branding and stadia at Dodger Stadium. But part of the deal was also the Dodgers sponsoring the Dubai Little League. So this stadium has been around, this facility has been around for about 18 years. Once again, thank you to Emirates Airline because they're the initial partners of the uh, uh, Dubai Little League. It was the Emirates Dubai Little League way back when. Uh, ball has developed over the years um, not just in the Middle East but entire Asia, we have uh, a lot of players now um, from the Philippines from of course Canada and the USA but you also have some Emiratis playing ball and other Arab nations from the GCC so it's quite interesting that uh, it's not really just an American sport anymore it's really a, a global sport, in fact the Dodgers are part of that globalization of the sport too And you mentioned the Dodgers. Today's a special
5: day because we have two Dodgers in the house, Austin Barnes, Max Muncy,
2: putting on a clinic. What does this mean to you? This is huge. I mean, for these kids at this level, in this environment, to get firsthand experience with professional baseball players is really a unique opportunity. I mean, I never had it as a kid. I don't know if you did. So I feel these kids are, are, are really, really fortunate. Um, and, I, and again, I cannot emphasize that this is all because of Emirates Airline. And it's really helped the Dodgers develop their fan base, but of course expand Emirates fan base um, uh, throughout the entire UAE, which of course they're number one anyway. And, and now the Dodgers are number one team in, uh, in the Middle East as well. You mentioned the kids. What age range do we have of kids playing baseball out here in the Middle East? So four to eighteen, uh, they start at t-ball and then we move them up through the the minors, majors, juniors, and seniors. So um, we have four or five pitches fields in, at this facility, and they start off, as I said, with t-ball, which is just a developmental league, and they progress to where they are now, where these kids at seventeen or eighteen are uh, aspirations of playing continuing ball in America with uh, some college ball.
5: And that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping some of these kids will actually take this in, to to college or maybe the next level in the minors.
2: Uh, honestly, I'm just hoping the kids develop a love of the game and a love of what being part of a team means and and, and the whole camaraderie of a team but if you can develop some of those kids to continue on with the sport in the league then it's icing on the cake for sure
5: and where do you want the league to go from here? It's your first year as the president at the helm here.
2: What, what, what dreams and aspirations do you have for this league? My goal is to really develop our tournament play and get more teams coming from different parts of the world to Dubai. So we've hired a agency to look at that for us globally um, on a on a basically a a free basis. Um, So they are talking to teams now in New Zealand, in China, in Australia, in South Africa, in in America, of course, to we have, we'll have a big tournament in March and we're trying to get these more international teams to come. And then we're looking at an expo tournament in October where we want to develop more, um, more globalization of the sport, but based in Dubai.
5: Going back to the playoffs, it was an excellent playoffs. Uh, the Washington Nationals win their first World Series. Good for the game of baseball?
2: Fantastic for the game of baseball. I, I, I'm just I'm sure all baseball fans were blown away by uh, the fact that no home team w- won a game. I mean, it was quite shocking, and I feel sorry for my Astro friends uh, there who are, who, are, who are fans of the Astros. But yeah, incredible, great for baseball, and uh, I think it can only grow from strength to strength. I know the Dodgers are here, but I think you
5: have a little bit of blue in your heart for another team north of the border in Toronto. The Toronto Blue Jays finished 67 in 95, coming fourth in their uh, division. H- happy with the way this team is looking coming into next season?
2: All right. Well, don't rub the score, the the, the record in. But uh, honestly, the Blue Jays have a young lineup, um, young talent. If that talent matures and really they're on the uh, on the curve where they should be in the next two or three years Um, Yeah, I think the Blue Jays will contend, for sure. And the the organization, I know, are keen on uh, developing more pitchers from within, and they also um, are looking at free agents as well. And I know they just picked up 10-hour work yesterday they signed, so that's a pretty good signing for us, for sure.
5: You're a proud Canadian. There's been some talks of maybe bringing another team up to Canada, maybe splitting some time down in Florida or doing a full-time team in Canada. Can Canada support another baseball
2: team? Yeah, definitely. I think um, they were looking at the Tampa Bay Rays splitting – Uh, Games between Montreal and and Tampa. And you've got a lot of... I mean, Tampa's such a wonderful organization, but the fan base and the stadium isn't great. But you do have a lot of Canadians attending those games. And then, of course, in Montreal, when the Blue Jays play there in the end of the spring training, they're getting 40000 a a game there um, at the end of the spring training. So, yeah, I think Montreal can support another team. But they have to get a stadium. It all comes down to the stadium, the facilities, where the stadium is located. So it's easy access for people to get in, in and out. Unfortunately, in Tampa, despite the organization is such a great organization. Their stadium is horrible. It's got to be the worst. I was there last year. It is is absolutely horrible. And it's really hard to get to as well. Well, yeah,
5: I take your word for that. And I totally agree with you with Tampa Bay Rays Stadium, but Hopefully they can figure it out because I like that Rays team. If they could put them somewhere else where everyone would come to the games, maybe up in Montreal, who knows where they could go from here. Maybe you're a parent sitting at home right now and you have a little one who's interested in playing some baseball, getting involved in the sport here in the UAE. What's the best way to get in
2: contact contact with you in the league? Uh, the best will be our email address. It's info at littleleague.ae. And I uh, just sent an email out, and we're happy to, to get you involved in the league. Roger, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on Dubai Eye. Hey, thanks for having me.
5: Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill,
3: live from Barasti, where the game is always on.
4: as we come back we come back with news of a goal Matt fortune up at Burnley indeed we do Tom and it's Burnley though hopelessly out of form Mm -hmm. Burnley at the moment they have taken the lead against Newcastle and it's the New Zealand centre forward Chris Wood heading home at the far post from a corner we haven't seen a replay yet but it did look almighty like the corner itself almost went straight in in a melee of players at the back post. Chris Wood was the one who emerged with his arms in the air. So Burnley lead 1-0, just under an hour gone.
3: Going to keep an eye on that one and the other developing stories. Aberdeen have just gone ahead up in Scotland against Hamilton. Uh, That's the only other goal that we can report from the half-time scores up there uh, in Scotland. Keep an eye on those. Um, And I also want to get the thoughts of the boys on a certain event that took place regionally. That's something very close to their hearts. Uh, And that's something that I know one of you. Were you down there as well? Absolutely. Quite right too. Okay, we're going to get thoughts on that in just a few moments' time. First up though, uh, let's hear from uh, Anthony Joshua post-fight. Not immediately after the fight, this is a couple of days after the fight. uh, About what's next? What's on the wish list for 2020?
6: Korbat Pulev. Come from a great background of amateur boxing. Comes from a boxing family, has his brother boxes as well. And soon to be one of my mandatory challenges. Next, Alexander Uzik. Comes from a great school of boxing. The sweet science of boxing, about hitting and not getting hit. I study Usyk, so I know his weaknesses, I know his strengths. And that's a competition I'll be looking forward to and soon to be another one of my mandatory challenges. Uh, Dillian White. Dillian White, he's done well. You know, he cleared his name of any allegations and issues he's had. He's a war horse, Brixton Mafia, strong, ready, and I'm ready to get it on again. <laughs> Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury um, faints. I think he takes inspiration from Muhammad Ali. Uh, he talks a good, he talks a good game, fights a good game, and he's a talented heavyweight boxer. And of course, finally, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, very talented. Um, they built him up very wisely, let him gain a lot of experience, which I think every fighter needs. So, if I was managing a fighter, I'd tell you have as many learning fights as you can, because once you cross over into world championship level, there's no coming back. And even though I took Wilder a few more fights than it has myself, when he's crossed over into World Championship level, he's never looked back. So his success and his route to success has worked out perfectly for him. So congratulations to him and congratulations to his team.
4: Who's next, do you reckon, Matt, for Anthony Joshua? Well, I think it's almost certain going to be Pulev, uh, the mandatory challenger for, I think, the WBC belt. Uh, they mentioned it there. Pulev was, of course, supposed to be fighting AJ three or four fights back, but pulled out injured with about seven weeks out. Uh, which led to the Carlos Tackham fight, which was the first time that we thought the untouchable AJ would struggle with certain fighters. The slightly smaller are the ones that can get under his jab, made heavy work attack on one in Ten, I think it was um, but Pulev should have fought him then but like I say was injured so we expect that to be next um, for AJ what happens after that depends a lot on what happens in February and we think Las Vegas between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder that's the fight now in the heavyweight division that will shape what happens for Anthony Joshua for me he should go to absolutely nowhere near Alexander Usyk no. I think Usyk stepping up from cruiserweight would give him all manner of trouble. He's quick. He's big. He's smart. He's an excellent manager of the ring. Alexander Usyk, and I think he'd be best steering clear. We don't think that that will happen. What we think it will happen is that Usyk will step away from being from being the mandatory challenger for that belt to start building himself up so he can get a shot at more belts when he has that opportunity to
3: explain to him, explain to a non-boxing aficionado from two boxing aficionados. I watched this fight, albeit it was the wee small hours of a weekend after the Rugby 7 so I'm not sure how closely <laughs> I watched it and it was on a very small screen that we are all huddled around um, but I'm, I must say that I was I was a little bit surprised the following morning by a lot of the reports that I read you know, a lot of the reports that I read saying uh, absolute masterclass, didn't put a foot wrong, didn't do this I mean, that's not the fight I saw and again I, 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 don't, see, I don't read fights as well as you boys do, but to me it, it didn't look
4: like such a walk in the park that was made to sound like the following morning and i think that's all credit to anthony joshua for how he went about his business it was it was certainly a lot easier than i think a lot of us anticipated for him for a number of reasons first and foremost aj executed the perfect fight strategy for somebody who's knocked him knocked him down four times for someone who's short can get under his reach who has caused him problems in the past it was it was pitch perfect that performance from AJ and of course he's up against the guy who was coming in 15 pounds heavier than he had done in the previous bout who was hopelessly out of shape who wasn't fit enough for it so I think AJ made it look a lot easier than it was I think a poorly conditioned opponent made it look easier than it was it's because it's not the type of performance we've known from AJ in the past AJ's not explosive like Deontay Wilder is but he can knock people out he knits together combos really really smartly the my fav- it's probably my favourite. It wasn't even a knockdown when uh, against Klitschko, the hook over the top, the horrendous uppercut that practically sent Klitschko's head to the stars, and then backed it up with a big stiff left jab. That's what AJ does so so well for a big guy. But this was smart, clinical, just doing exactly what he had to do. And I have to say, to do it for 36 minutes, knowing that your career is on the line. And make no mistake, Antti Joshua had lost last week. He is not getting a proper world title shot for two three years possibly he goes back to fighting in the UK and still attract fans but there was so much on the line for him and to stay switched on against the bloke who's embarrassed you six months earlier was absolutely incredible from from
3: a from an experience point of view and given the fact that you've been at both of Antichrist's two last fights <laughs> uh, against the same opponent yeah how do they compare
1: I thought, listen, more power t- to Saudi Arabia for for the event that they put on. I, I think I-, I tweeted out the pictures where you look at the site on August 19th, the date of my birthday, it was rubble. 110 days later, I mean, the Ampia w- was was incredible I mean no expense was spared in putting that on and and putting the the whole of the kind of outside entertainment together remarkable that they were able to do that in the time span Uh, how did it compare well the rain didn't help Tom we were outdoors (laughs) it rained for about 80% of the time for goodness sake we're
4: all in ponchos. A, a, a penny for the thoughts of the uh, British fight fans who'd saved up yeah. their summer holiday and thought, Do you know what, we'll go and get a nice bit of winter sun and <laughs> watch the fight at the same time and they're picking up ponchos. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. We were we were keen and eager beavers, so we were we were there about
1: six o'clock, so we saw every single kind of warm-up fight to it. We sat in the rain, we watched it all organizationally and in and out, getting in and out of the venue. There's a lot of lessons yeah. that can be learned. The number one, and I'm talking to all major events here is put on free buses. Ship us all on buses and move the traffic to different locations throughout the city for you to pick up your car. That for me, we were in and out literally in under an hour from finishing up, getting out the arena, onto buses, dropping us off in a a location where we can find Ubers and Kareem's
4: easy. It was great. It doesn't even have to be a place that we knew. We literally went up to the guy that was herding people towards the different buses and we said, "Where's the one furthest away from here?" And just it helps because when you are, because Derry is about it's a bit it's a bit like driving from the marina to the damak hills remram kind of town yeah. so it's just one straight road out but you don't need fifteen thousand people just trying to get cabs in that yes. one spot so just disperse them around the town it was really really smart very really well done and one other thing i will say is you could tell there have been so much consideration going into absolutely everything and I, I work in marketing and just hearing everybody who had a megaphone in their hand saying welcome to everybody not hi or can we help or anything like that the word welcome was repeated constantly and that's smart because it's part of their main marketing slogan anyway with the adverts that they're pushing out across social media across YouTube and to just it just adds something a little bit special because it resonates with you it was it was A pitch-perfect event. Yeah, it changes the landscape for this part of the world from a sporting standpoint, Tom. Which is interesting, because
3: obviously it's put its uh, hand up now as a genuine fight venue. So, what next for Anthony Joshua? Again, I'm going to ask the boys. We'll ask them as to who, about the opponent, but where for Anthony Joshua next? Eddie Hearn's been having his say on this midweek.
4: After two fights on the road, is that likely to be a homecoming fight next, do you think? It'd be be great to do a fight back in London. I mean, we spoke to Spurs about maybe doing the Ruiz fight there. The dates didn't work out. That's a great stadium. Um, would be a perfect London fight for, for a Pulev or an Usyk or something like that. Um, we've had three or four approaches in the last 12 hours um, of other countries that want to host an anti-Joshua fight. But he does feel like he wants to come home and, and defend the belts in the UK. So we'll have to sit down over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, DAZN and the American media and Madison Square Garden want to see him go back there as well they've been on already so the options are endless but um, a homecoming fight is definitely appealing to aj and he's talking about maybe tottenham Hotspur stadium something like that
6: yeah yeah i heard they built a lovely stadium i haven't been there yet but um, i heard they built a lovely stadium but anywhere is good for me anywhere is good for me as long as you can fit enough people in and there's enough passionate fans i'll fight anyway
3: again explain this one to me
1: so is it his decision now Eddie, Eddie will field. Eddie, it's Eddie. It's, it's, Eddie. it's, it's Eddie. the bank manager. It's exactly that. <laughs> Eddie will field. Interestingly, said he said two or three different countries who have come to the party. Eddie will field it. It's going to be England for Pulev. I'm totally with Matthew on that. They ain't fighting. Who there's no chance of that one? And then the big question will be where does they where do they put on a Joshua Fury or a Joshua Wilder Vegas? I want to see him over in Vegas he hasn't done I'm right in saying he hasn't. he's not done no, Vegas one fight in America that's it yeah the one fight in New York where he lost he needs to do Vegas for me that's the mecca of course of, of boxing uh, I think Saudi will park it there in terms of AJ uh, I think it's a one and done I, really? I don't yeah I really do I don't see I don't see Wilder making the, 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 the commute over there and, and Fury Joshua an all British fight there I don't see it either so oh, I see that. we will see more fights there will we yeah uh, Yeah, undoubtedly i mean abu Dhabi have got the ufc and dana white locked into an exclusive deal so you ain't seeing ufc certainly not for the next four years over in saudi i think boxing yes you will see more of it uh but aj i think he is the the trailblazer done tick that box he will move on and i think vegas london's uh, tottenham stadium absolutely i think we see him again at madison square garden he'll look to exercise the demons of ruiz first time around and yeah, the, bit the, the, the high difficulty speeder. with
4: AJ, I think, and he, he's obviously laid some ghosts to rest with the with the way that he beat Ruiz this time around. He's got he's got a ghost to lay in America, yeah. Because ultimately, to be to reach the very very top of this game, he needs to go into America and he needs to take those yeah. belts off Deontay yeah. Wilder. But do you do it your first step back into America, having been humiliated as he was in June back at Madison Square Garden? I don't think he does. I think what could work out for AJ although as I'm saying out loud it doesn't necessarily make total sense is Fury is adored in America the way he's gone into Vegas now one two I think and then of course the performance in Los Angeles against Wilder very very popular there part of me thinks that Joshua Fury could happen in America I do think that Fury beats Joshua I have to be honest yeah. but I would be surprised if AJ takes his next step back into America to fight Deontay Wilder if that works out to be the case
3: you're listening to The Grill, broadcasting live from Brass, where the game is always on. We're into the final half hour. You know what happens in the final half hour. we give team news ahead of the late kickoff in the Premier League. Uh, plus, uh, we will give you full times in all of the big games taking place.
1: And before we break away, there is news of a it's game set in match at Bramall Lane it's Aston Villa who have conceded a second it's Sheffield United 2 Aston Villa 0 and it's that man once again John Fleck the former Rangers midfielder he just continues on his run he gets beyond the strikers lovely little finish as well and Sheffield United my goodness what a job Chris Wilder has done it's Sheffield United 2 Aston Villa 0
3: we'll take a break we'll be back with more after unbelievable goal this is The Grill live from Dorasti where the game is always on uh, I've lost my train of thought there. Uh, it's just kicked off over in France. Early kickoff. Mets against Marseille. No goals in that one. Uh, Brescia got the points against Lecce. Uh, three goals to nil. We're waiting for Napoli against Parma. That one gets underway at 9 30. Chris McCarty's just been having
1: a look at some of the full times over in the German Bundesliga. Uh, goals? <laughs> goals? Goals, goals and then some. Only one place to start, Allianz Arena. I did tell you at the onset of this one that Werder Bremen took the lead against Bayern Munich. They were leading for an awful long time, right up until the stroke of half-time, and then they made Bayern angry because it finished at the Allianz Arena. Mm. Bayern six. Werder Bremen one star of the show undoubtedly Philippe Coutinho a hat-trick for the Brazilian throwing a couple of assists as well he's had a dream day in the the, uh, red and blue of Bayern Robert Lewandowski he's helped himself to two goals Thomas Muller as well on the score sheet they they were 1-0 down they scored two in a minute at the stroke of half time and then they run away with it in that second half and that is the same for Borussia Dortmund at Mainz because I can tell you that Dortmund won by four goals 10-0. to nail. The goal's gone. Or is it? It's not a goal as of yet. It's a penalty at Bramall Lane. Big moment this. I think it's Jack Grealish who's stepping up. It's a penalty. We're into the final 15 minutes or so at Bramall Lane. It's Sheffield United 2, Aston Villa 0. Jack Grealish up against Dean Henderson. This, a big moment here. Having been waxing lyrical about his maturity before this game, I can't help but think we might have cursed him. (laughs) Maturity, here he is, stepping up. Dean Henderson, bang, he's hit the crossbar. Oh, oh, Jack, 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 you're absolutely right you called it Matthew you called it he's went down the
4: middle he's only went and hit the crossbar and it's gone out I've got a a, a thought on that I haven't actually I'm trying to get up to see if Wesley is still on the field uh, Aston Villa are struggling for goals their centre forward has really not been helping them out at all it's an area I think they'll strengthen in January I can't help but think he should have been given the opportunity from the spot himself there to see Grealish step up he's not the traditional penalty taker is he for Villa
1: he isn't and you can see it there by the way just to let you know Borussia Dortmund they beat Mainz by four goals to nil four different goal scorers Marco Royce. Thorgen Hazard, Nico Schultz and Jaden Sancho ah. on the score sheet once again for Dortmund. So a 4-0 win for them. Great result that. Uh, Berlin, uh, Union Berlin drew one apiece with Paderborn. Hertha Berlin big win for Jürgen Klinsmann and Cologne beating Bayer Leverkusen by two goals to nil. The late kick-off this evening for Tuna Dusseldorf against RB Leipzig.
3: Uh, Spain, we see Levante take the points a little earlier on. They're
4: still playing in that Real Sociedad game against Barcelona. They are indeed. They're approaching the last 10 minutes, Tom, and it's it's still equal, but it is 2-2. Two, two. So after a half-time, Luis Suarez put Barcelona in the box seat, and you would have thought the league leaders might have pushed on from there. But Alexander Isaac, the young Swede who we touched upon earlier, he levelled the score on the 62nd minute. And as we approach the final 10, it's two apiece. Two apiece uh, over there.
3: Still nothing more to report in the uh, Premier League. Kick an eye on those ahead of the late kickoff, Southampton against West Ham uh, down on the south coast. We will have team news for you in just a few moments' time. Uh, right old Ding Dong and Samirin at the moment. What, another 12 minutes left there or something like that? Six goals have been scored in that game already,
1: three apiece. <laughs> three apiece. St Mirren three, Livingston three. It was 2 1 to Livingston at the break. Three apiece now. Aberdeen, they lead Hamilton by a goal to nil. As you said a little earlier, Tom, I would imagine that is Sam Cosgrove. I will get confirmation of that. The prolific hitman who is attracting interest down south, St Johnstone they lead Hearts at Tynecastle by a goal to nil. And I can tell you up in Dingwall, it remains as Ross County nil, Kilmarnock nil. Belter in the Championship in Scotland as well, Dundee 4, Dunfermline 3. are a couple of good games out there.
3: Sheffield Wednesday still leading Nottingham Forest by four goals to nil into the last ten minutes or so. Uh, down there at the moment, uh, Swansea are having a good day at Middlesbrough as well. Another ten, well, Last ten minutes of that one, Swansea leading Borough by
1: three goals to one. Yeah, Johnny Woodgate, he's up against it, is the Middlesbrough boss. Former Newcastle Leeds defender Real Madrid as well, and to rub extra salt into the wounds, they're now down to nine men there. Marcus Brown sent off for two yellow cards. Patrick McNair, Paddy McNair, former Manchester United, Northern Ireland international. He has the plot. He's been straight red carded so they're losing their... uh Well, not only are they losing on the pitch, they're losing their heads as well. And I think Johnny Woodgate will be out of a job this coming week.
3: Preston uh, and Luton won a piece at the moment. No goals at Stoke. They're taking on Reading at present. Uh, Leeds uh, continue their good form, boys. 3-1 they
1: lead. What, last 10 minutes against Cardiff? Last 10, yeah. That will take them back to the top of the table. A big win earlier on the day for West Bromwich Albion coming back from a goal down, then 2-1 down to beat Birmingham City. 3-2 at St Andrews, and Leeds are following that up. They're beating a side. No love loss between those two sets of fans Leeds and Cardiff and well, Marcelo Bialsa he's the man with the Midas touch I said it I'll say it again Leeds and West Brom will come up this season they will be 1-2 they will fight it out for the title in the Championship Leeds back in the Premier League despite
4: the fact they're great rivals of Manchester United good for English football to see Leeds back you're absolutely right Chris that's an away day that I've been wanting to do for a very very long long time Elland Road Um, an interesting one about Bielsa I know that it's a it's a project that he signed up to there at Leeds but there were some heads turned when he went down to the second tier of English football I'm surprised that we've not seen his name linked to some of the vacancies possibly Arsenal but then also the West Ham and Everton West Ham and Everton that we expect I think there's a there's a Great deal of interest in in somebody like him. I would suggest that maybe coming in halfway through a season is not where you get the best out of him because he's yeah. it's it's a, a very it's a very specific way of playing, a very specific means of training players that they have to be bought into and drilled to within an inch of their life to make sure they're on the same page of Bielsa of ball but it would be interesting to see should he get Leeds up if he actually thinks that that's the end of that project. I mean he's already a cult hero mm. but if he is
1: to mastermind Leeds getting back into the Premier League I mean Don Revie is mm-hmm. revered in that part of the world. He is you know the Sir Alex Ferguson, the Jockstein if you will of Leeds but if Marcelo Bielsa and I'm sure that will not be lost on the fact that if he guides that football club back in the Premier League they'll be building a statue somewhere for them again (laughs) because Leeds in the Premier League, they they belong there. They really do. They're a massive club.
3: Other storylines from the Premiership. Barnsley are leading QPR by four goals to two. Another uh, goal fest down there. And Brentford, who've been brilliant in recent weeks as well, uh, they are leading their near neighbours Fulham by one goal to nil. They are building a stadium, a new stadium, Brentford, aren't they? Yeah, which they're sharing with London Irish uh, rugby. Are
4: they really? I have uh, another life story for you. That's a bit massively (laughs) self-indulgent of me today. Uh, after Sean Dyches anything I've better than that <laughs> I've played on Griffin Park it's not too far from our house about 15 minutes from my parents' house I lost the under 13's West Surrey Boys League League Cup Final of course and you I can, did I can tell you the name of the boy that scored how heartbreaking it was his name was Henry Henry, yeah, and it was a goalkeeper error as well, I which cost me was. still to this I day. Bet it it was. A one-nil defeat.
1: A few in bins, of course, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Another
3: interesting storyline uh, in the championship is what's happening at Derby at the moment. They trail Millwall. Why is that interesting? Well, there's a certain new arrival who's come in in the last couple of weeks, Mr. Wayne Rooney. So he was asked midweek, "Is it all about you, Mr. Rooney?" What was the response from the players like? I guess with some of your sort of stature and reputation, when
5: you walk into the dressing room, what, were they, what was their response to you like?
3: I don't know really. I think, obviously, it's I'm another person. Obviously, they I've played at, at the top level, um, which maybe a lot of them haven't. But it's um, I think once they get they got to know me and they see me as, as part of, of the team, then um, everything which they might have thought about me before and um, goes out the window. And they see me for who I am as as a normal guy and um, just one of the, the teammates. So, Mr. Wayne Rooney has been very vocal uh, since his arrival
1: uh, at Derby. All sorts of chat about his veganism nowadays oh, and you know the fact and, he's and he, uh, it's interesting as well saying that he wants to be a manager he wants to follow his uh, you know peers who have gone into management not in TV and the fact that they're losing at home to Millwall the fact that Derby they've got a squad there that was put together at no shortage of expense and the wages mm. that they're handing out as well that isn't good enough and Philip Cocu with Wayne Rooney on his coaching staff mm. I would suggest Mr Cocu that unless you start winning results Wayne Rooney will be manager at that football club Sooner rather than later, I'm going to throw something. Oh, up. my goodness gracious, oh, no, me! Oh, ho, ho, ho. We've got a goal. Now, is VAR going to go on here? We head to Stamford Bridge. Now, the offside flag has just gone up. There will be VAR, however, and it was Bournemouth that have scored. So, we're going to stick with this one to see. It's Dan Gosling, former Everton, former Plymouth, Newcastle, Everton man with it. Oh, jeepers. Can't get it right, can be, in sports. They've just clocked off, so we can't see it. So we don't know if that goal has stood or not. But he did hook in what looked to have been a winner late on at Stamford Bridge to Dan Gosling. We'll get confirmation confirmed. of it. It's confirmed. confirmed. It's a goal. Yeah. Oy, 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 oy. Chelsea nil, Bournemouth one. Bournemouth with one win in ten. I started the day by saying Eddie Howe is overrated. Not a jot of it. He's class. <laughs> He's the best manager in the league. Chelsea nil.
4: Bournemouth 1 in
1: Derek. Wow. And is
3: that a bit of a wobble for Chelsea as well?
4: First yeah. four defeats in five in the Premier League, yeah. It's a bit, uh, I, I kind of half Oof. expected it to happen a lot later, but with Chelsea dropping points, Leicester looking like they might drop points today, and Manchester United going to finish in the top oh. four, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. No, we'll probably. Who have we got? Everton. Everton tomorrow. We'll probably
1: yeah. get beat at Old Trafford tomorrow. It's the good teams. We need to be playing Man City's and your Liverpool's week in and week out.
4: Hey, Everton beat Chelsea last week, Chris. Yeah, that's fair, actually. We're
1: going to
3: take a short break. When we come back, we'll have team news for you ahead of uh, another must-win for both teams. Uh, the late kick-off is Southampton entertaining West Ham. You're listening to The Grill. More of the biggest sports stories now. On
2: Dubai i 103.8
3: more of the biggest sports stories uh, for you now. Let's get some team news ahead of the late kickoff in the Premier League. Uh, it's Southampton taking on West Ham. It is uh, a battle of teams at the bottom of the table. It's probably a bit of a battle for uh, managers as well uh, because uh, both these two teams have been under huge amounts of pressure uh, recently. Let's hear first and foremost from Ralph Husen hartel uh, the manager of Southampton who's been under pressure in recent weeks uh, uh, and uh, continues to be so because of some of his team's elections. In fact, there's been a bit of chat about the recall of Fraser
1: Forster. He's up in Scotland at the moment and playing really well. The game, I mean, that is one of the best goalkeeper performances in that Scottish League Cup final that I've seen in many a year. He was the immovable object. You could not get past him, Alfredo. Morello's tried and tried and failed and failed so he did so there has been some talk about that has that interesting because Neil Lennon is a huge fan of Fraser Foster who it wasn't so long ago we've been talked about as yeah. pushing Jordan yeah. Pickford as England number one
3: Yeah he's he's on loan up there uh, apparently the door is open for him to be recalled back down to the south coast uh, Ralph anything in that? First I'm very happy that uh, after his long time he didn't play uh, get a chance to play there and uh, that he's a fantastic goalkeeper I always knew but for him it was important to get the chance to play and to get the the games and the self-confidence back and I'm very happy for him
2: so could he come back or
6: is that not possible
3: at the moment uh, we don't think about that uh, we have our uh, two goalkeepers or three goalkeepers here and um, he's long until the end of the season and uh, um, it's not the moment to to think about it uh, so let's find out how big Ralph has uh, has lined up his players uh, for this evening's visit from West Ham
4: Yes, um, uh, so they're without Southampton. Without probably two of their arguably most in, uh, inspirational. What's the word I'm looking for? Influential. Thank you, <laughs> influential players. Jan valerie and Nasufen Buhfar are both unavailable. One with a toe problem, the other with a virus. So he lines up as this four-four-two is his formation. The goalkeeper is Alex McCarthy, a player who much was expected from actually when he broke yeah. through at Reading. Alex McCarthy, but hasn't quite kicked on. Hence. Of course, the discussion around Fraser Forster. But they have a back four. They have Cedric Suarez, Jack Stevens, Jan Bedinac and Ryan Bertrand at left back. A midfield four, Moussa Ginette Pro, James Ward-Prowse, Pierre Hoiberg and Nathan Redmonds. Good pace, good trickery on the planks. And then Shane Long and the very informed Danny Ings make up the front too. Uh, if you believe what
3: we're told, uh, 90 minutes is what uh, Manuel Pellegrini's got to save his career
1: uh, at West Ham. Uh, tough place for them to go as well. A little. I mean, Southampton two wins in their last three. This is a, this is a game for West Ham, simply put they lose tonight against Southampton given the fact that Norwich are about to pick up a point here it looks as if the King Power Stadium pressure really ramps up yeah. on Manuel Pellegrini I can tell you that he has started as follows David Martin and goals back four of Ryan Fredericks Fabian Balbuena Angelo Ogbona and Aaron Cresswell like the two fullbacks I really do Fabian Balbuena has never convinced me since he joined the football club and Angelo eh, Angelo Ogbona game to game not consistent enough for him me. Someone, of course, who's played at the highest level over in Italy. Then comes the midfield too. Mark Noble doesn't get about the pitch as he once did. We know that he's a talisman in there. We know he's a huge figure and character inside the dressing room. Declan Rice, who, again, I think he's gone a bit backwards this year. I mean, we're talking about him being a £50-60 player, Manchester United, Man City Pep and his coach, uh, coaching staff and scouting team had looked at him. He's gone a bit backwards and then it's a kind of middling three. Robert Snodgrass, I love Snodders, of course, Livingston and Leeds, etc. Pablo <laughs> Fornals and Mikel Antonio. It's all a bit meh. And then Sebastian Haller, a man that you spent £45 million quid on and he can't hit a barn door. So, All in all, I think the writing's on the wall. I think West Ham, typical of the two Davids. You've spent huge money on that team and squad, and it's just a bit meh. No Felipe Anderson? No. No, not even on on the bench. Uh Pablo Zabaleta Andrei Yaramalenko, Roberto who's just a car crash goalkeeper we know that Carlos Sanchez Issa Diop I and mean, Issa Diop
4: was, was good Arthur yeah.
1: Mazzucco and Albion Ajeli.
4: I, I think Pellegrini the problem is he doesn't know his best team yeah. Yeah. it chops and changes so often even the formation the way they line up and they also don't play to the strengths of Haller so they spend all that yeah. big money Haller's great with his head just get the ball in the box that's what you need to do but they're trying to play balls into him that he just can't operate around he hasn't got midfield three behind him that get around him quick enough yeah. it just functionally it's not working That squad Chris is absolutely right it's the first time I've kind of looked at that team and thought actually they're, they're not Nearly as good as I kind of thought, or that the suggestions were at the start of the season. I think we were blinded slightly by Pellegrini's experience, thinking that he would elevate yeah. some of those players. But it's a, it, it's not a good side, and yeah, this is massive today.
3: We did get evidence at the beginning of the season because they looked good. You know, yeah. after that first game against Man City, they did look good. Um, um, we You know, you can talk about the influence that Fabianski had to that team, but they seemed to gel. They seemed to look good. There was lots of um, uh, there, there, was, there was a lot of good feeling in the
1: club at the time. It's just disappeared it has uh, i mean i look at rice noble and snodgrass they're, they're fine footballers but there ain't pace no. in those three is there fornals has come in big money he's from via he's not been at the races michael antonio yeah listen does a decent job and then sebastian haller so i mean where are your match winners there today I, well, i'll look one at one of those injured lanzini uh, he is serious injury as well again, he's yeah. Like, yeah he's going to be out for a while yeah. lanzini felipe anderson hot and cold Yar Malenko got a run of games now he's left on the bench it just seems I mean Chicharito's yeah. gone so I look at West Ham and, and West Ham fans let us know four zero zero one. I know there are many out there that listen to our show and uh, I just listen David Moyes isn't the answer for me moving forward either but I look at that and I, and I think Pellegrini is is a dead man walking I really do
3: Let's hear from him at the moment uh, he's been asked a lot about pressure in recent uh, weeks uh, apparently uh, Manuel says though he's always under pressure
0: Well of course when you, you don't uh, have the result that you want uh, the feels is that you must improve uh, but if you can play in the way we did against Chelsea and you play in the way we did against Arsenal 60 minutes mm. it's because you know how to do it you must be more consistent solid no concentration in our uh, box and, uh, and the result must, must return
6: how are you feeling yourself at the moment are you starting to feel like this is a, a you know a difficult job that you're unable to turn this team around
0: well I have 35 years in this profession so I know this right. is always a difficult job I don't know who, I don't understand why media always are thinking that the managers are under pressure when they are not winning at least me when I am winning and always exactly under the same pressure to try to be a best team to try to improve to try to win every game that always is different
6: do you feel this weekend is a make-or-break game? It's a 12-day game 12 day gap until your following game. Do you feel this weekend you have to win or perhaps your job is under threat?
0: I always uh, think that we have to win every game. Uh, the job, you don't know what will happen. Of course, you know that the football results are so important and you cannot have just four points from, or five points from 30. Yes, It's a very bad uh, average of points uh, and that's why we are all worried about that. Have you spoken to the owners? I always spoke to the owners, winning or losing. And, and they're still happy? No, nobody's happy. Not the owner, not me, not the players, not the fans.
3: Uh, Right, let's have a look at some of the full times that are kind of filtering through to us at the moment. It's all done up in the Scottish Premiership. Aberdeen have beaten Hamilton by one goal to nil. Hearts have lost at home to St. Johnson, Ross County, with a late goal against Kilmarnock to take the points there. And it finished 3-3, St. Mirren against Livingston. They're still playing in the uh, Premier League, so we can turn our attention to some of the results coming in in the Championship. Wigan and Huddersfield have seen out a 1-1 draw. Uh, No goals at Stoke against Reading, full-time down there. And as predicted,
1: Chris Mccardy, Derby uh, losing at home to Millwall. What knocks there? Yeah, that is a result that isn't good for Philip Cuckoo. Where the real is, though, and I've uh, it's the old broadcaster's curse, Leeds and West Brom, they're definitely <laughs> going to finish in the top two. What's happened
4: at Ellen Road, Matthew? Well, what happened is, Chris, that Leeds absolutely cruised into a 2-0 lead after just eight minutes, came out after the break, took seven minutes to add a third, a second for Patrick Bamford and penalty spot, and then this happened. 60 minutes, Lee Tomlin makes it 3-1, 82 minutes, Sean Morrison, 3-2. 86th minute, Sean Morrison sent off for Cardiff. 87th minute, Robert Glatzell scores and it's 3-3. Incredible scenes. The game is still going on. There's three minutes added time been played so far. So we're waiting for the final whistle. But as it stands, Leeds United, who were going top, I believe, have thrown away a
1: three-goal lead. Oof, at home as well.
4: They finished 2-2 uh, at Real Sociedad
3: as well so Barcelona dropping uh, points uh, two apiece in that particular game as we wait for the full times to come in uh, across the Championship uh,
1: and the Premier League. Big, big result in the Championship as well Tom, very quickly Nottingham Forest riding high at the top of the table they have been beaten at home by Gary Monks, Sheffield Wednesday so that is a sore one if you're a Forest fan and I know one or two listen to this show so Forest, they now drop out, they're now down to eight, Sheffield Wednesday under Gary Monk, they're the team on the march today. They're up to fifth Brentford. I said it on this show weeks ago. Brentford for me are the dark horses they're up to 4th courtesy of their 1-0 win over Fulham Fulham dropped to 6th and Alex Neal the job that that man has done at Preston North End, they've won today, they're up to 3rd for goodness sake, Preston Brentford, Sheffield Wednesday in Fulham they're your 3rd down to 6th it's a fantastic league, the championship I really need to get a marketing job for them because I love it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wigan and Huntsville, as I mentioned have shared the points there, won a piece there, Swansea have
3: beaten uh, middle by win. 3 goals 2-1, uh, full time in that one as well and now the full-time start coming in uh, in the Premier League uh, the game that we're watching down here
1: uh, Leicester against Norwich has finished one apiece points for Norwich yeah big point that for Norwich they are still in the bottom three and we're seeing celebrations as well at Stamford Bridge it's finished Chelsea nil, Bournemouth 1 wow. big win that for Eddie Howe big win for those boys reminiscent of the scenes we saw a week or so ago remember West Ham went there yeah. 1-1-0 Bournemouth have followed the recipe followed the blueprint to perfection And that is what you get with a young and experienced side. You're going to have your bad days. Burnley as well, full-time result at Turf
4: Moor. Indeed, and another 1-0 win. It's Burnley that have ended a run of three successive defeats. Newcastle having having not lost in seven. They, by all accounts, were awful today, Newcastle. I don't think Nick Pope has had a save to make. Chris Wood made the difference from a corner. So Burnley get their season back on track. They win 1-0. And it's full-time as well at Bramall Lane. It's finished Sheffield United 2,
1: Aston Villa 0. Uh, That's amazing. Sheffield United up to fifth. Chris Wilder
4: incredible um, I'm hoping the Arsenal hierarchy are on the phone to those at Bramall Lane Chris Wilder
1: at Arsenal I
4: mean it would come be pushing on. it but if you can get us up to fifth and knocking on the door of top four then yeah. that's
1: better than we're doing currently Yeah, look at that table now Watford in danger of being cut adrift a little mm. bit and look at that if Southampton win tonight it's Aston Villa who drop in to that bottom three Watford bottom on nine points Norwich big point for them today at the King Power Stadium they're on 12 then come Southampton on 15 joint with Aston Villa West Ham on 16, Everton on 17, then it's Bournemouth and Brighton, 19 apiece, 14th and 13th respectively. Burnley, big win for them today. They move up to 12th, Newcastle 11th. Palace in at 10th, Arsenal 9th, Tottenham 8th, Wolves 7th, incredible. Manchester United top 6. Then comes Sheffield United, wow, 25 points from their opening 17 games. The way Chris Wilder will be looking at that is they're 15 points away from their 48-point target. Chelsea. What is that one win in
4: five? One in five oh. in the Premier League for Chelsea. This is a massive massive test for Frank Lampard as a manager. It's very easy as I said earlier to keep it going when it's in when it's looking good, but you just need a couple of results to go against you and it seems like he's not getting a tune out of those kids and you yeah. need to turn it around quickly.
1: United win tomorrow, they move up to just 2 points behind Chelsea in fourth. and it Man doesn't City it third. doesn't get
4: easier for Spur, for Chelsea either. It's Spurs next week and how Mourinho would like oh. to get Spurs. Back knocking on the door of the top four at the expense of his former club, absolutely. Absolutely, Josie against Frank. It's the mentor against the apprentice.
3: Enjoyed that one, lads. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you very much indeed to you, Mr uh, Matt Fortune. Thank uh, you very Christmas very much. Happy Christmas, happy New Year. Happy and to you, all sir. Uh, Chris McCarty, uh, obviously we'll be seeing you next week uh, and you'll be on off-script throughout
1: the course yes, of the week as indeed. well. Seeds Final week for me. And then the Mubadla World Tennis Championship next weekend. I know you and I are going to be down there. Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Daniel Medvedev, Stefano Sitsapas, Beast, Young Chung, Maria Sharapova. It's going to be a heck of a three days down there. Tennis curtain raiser. It always has that feel of yeah. a new season, doesn't it? The sun will be shining. Looking forward to that.
3: Yeah, thoroughly looking forward to that one. So not a great day for Frank Lampard. Uh, and who knows? You know you know what rumours are in football as well. Uh, Chelsea good midweek in Europe against Lille. Uh, Some familiar faces down uh, at Stamford Bridge uh, midweek as well including a certain Matthew McConaughey. Now could the Oscar winner be <laughs> could he be the solution do you think for Chelsea's so, woes?
1: Right now I think anyone but Frank is not that I'm saying Chelsea need to get rid of Frank he's doing a great job but yeah one
4: win in five. Matthew McConaughey stranger things have happened in football. desperately to think of a mcconaughey film pun that i can throw into football but i'll have to tweet it out later because i can't quite get that
3: we'll, we'll, we'll try and get that we'll put that one on tweet <laughs> uh, what i find interesting and we'll play out with a bit of uh, matt mcconaughey is he he obviously loves his football he loves his football um great friend uh well not great friend but uh, he was over uh, with a, a, a certain interest in in pulisic amongst others mm. and believing that pulisic could be an ambassador for football or soccer as they call it <laughs> stateside as well we'll play out with matthew mcconaughey with his thoughts on all things football Uh, we'll be back with another grill towards the end of the year do make sure uh, you keep it locked here on Dubai I want 3.8 thank you very much indeed Borasti
2: as far as as far as Americans go in the European leagues he'd be at the top of the Americans game Um, hopefully we can see more of that I mean soccer youth soccer in America is is big it is huge there's a real commitment there so my hope is that in eight to ten years, you're going to see that generation actually having something to do with soccer around the world at a high level. We'll see. I don't think it's ever going to take over American football or American basketball, but it may take over hockey and baseball, soccer in America. So it's good to see Pulisic out there, man, and, he's, and hopefully he keeps it up and I'll be more Americans get up, get up to his level.
0: There's just so much more to hear. Download our
5: podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.